Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jade. Hello, Sophie. How are you? I'm so good. Now, I want to start this off with making a little apology. If you hear any background noises, I have a very full house of people. I'm currently recording this from my parents' place still in Melbourne and all the nieces, my brother, his wife, my parents, my kids, everyone's here. So I've tried to find the quietest area of the house possible, hoping that no one will find me. But yeah, if you hear any crying or anything I apologize and I'm not going to do anything about it now is this are you having a party like a rager from yesterday yeah we're still on a bender after the wiggles yesterday we haven't slept it's been an absolute (laughs) wild night no I safe to say I put my kids to bed early last night because we had had a full-on day but it was so good for anyone that doesn't follow me on Instagram yesterday I went to the wiggles and so did a kids it wasn't just Sophie and so did my kids (laughs) I dragged them along with me they were like oh mum if we have to we we went to the Wiggles I went with my sister-in-law and my mum my two kids and her two kids so my nieces and actually we have a friend who used to do some of the tour management stuff for the Wiggles. So he had a contact with the current management of the Wiggles and we got to actually meet them. Stop it. And it was very exciting for me. The kids were just confused as fuck. They had no idea what was happening. I think Goldie was literally like, wait, how are you here? And not like on my TV screen. She didn't make a word, just was sitting there. It'd be pretty weird to see. In real life, it'd be like, hang on. I was so nervous. Were you sweating? I was sweating. I was nervous. We were waiting side of stage for them to take us through to meet them and Poppy just kept cracking it because she didn't know what was happening. And she's like, Mum, we're going to miss the show. Can we please go back to our seat? Like over and over again. And I was like, you sound like a spoiled brat. Just shush. (laughs) We're about to meet the fucking Wiggles. Just be quiet. And I didn't want to tell them we were going to meet the Wiggles in case something happened Mm. that got in the way. You know, like I didn't want an extra tantrum. There's already so much going on. But you could tell when they did meet them, they didn't understand that that was just like a regular, like you know what I mean? Kids don't know what a celebrity is. They don't know that you don't just meet the Wiggles. So there's going to be so much pressure for any other concerts we go to. They're going to be sitting in their seats going, well, why aren't we going backstage and meeting them, (laughs) the little princesses? Um, But it was really fun. They were so lovely. Poppy did an absolute power play. She wrote, well, she like made a piece of artwork for Lockie because Lockie's her favourite, but it was just a piece of paper with bluey stickers stuck all over it. So it was an absolute power play being like, oh, hey, Wiggles, but here's a picture with Bluey on it. And they were kind of like, oh, you love Bluey, do you? And I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't think that one through. Rude or fabulous? Well, I can happily say that my children have never been Wiggles fans. I must say, 
I freaking loved the concert. I realized I knew every dance move. I knew every word to every song. I had I just as much fun as my kids did. It was back in the day I was a real theater nerd and it just reignited my want to be on the stage. <laughs> Wait, who's your favorite? Wiggle? I wanted to be up there. I don't care if you're dressing me as Dorothy the dinosaur. I just wanted to be up there. It was very funny watching Goldie's face and her not quite understanding what was happening when the Wiggles were leaving the stage. She was waving them and she turned to me and she goes, The Wiggles coming now? And I was like, Wait. <laughs> What do you think you just watched for the past like hour and a half? That that was the Wiggles. She just kept going, <laughs> Wiggles coming? I'm like, oh God, you were a waste of 50 bucks. That's all <laughs> I can say. Oh, Goldie. Next year, babe. Next Goldie, year. Goldie. Maybe next time. Now, how has your week been? Oh, well, I want to say to you, because you're coming home today, that it is a absolute ripper of a day. And I can I think I can safely say this is going to be our first full sunny day and I I feel a little bit um, spoiled for saying that because usually we always have sun in Byron Bay but it has been after the floods it has been just miserable it's been raining it's been incredibly hard for those who are trying to get their houses relatively back to how they were or just clean it up in general and it literally every 20 minutes on and off for the past two weeks it's just been piercing down with rain and to tie in with that I just got slammed with probably one of my biggest hormonal periods of my life I am just so tired I've got the headaches I've got the aching pain I'm so moody yeah it's just been a really blah week so before anyone comes at jade she knows that a hard period is not the same as having your house flooded but we all have our things and i will agree that the last week i have been feeling blur as well i think it was maybe a bit of i think in our area when the floods happened we all went like really hard and fast into like how can we help mode what can we do and i feel like it wasn't until i came to melbourne and i stopped that i was all of a sudden like holy shit that was intense that was devastating that was emotionally and physically tiring i feel so blessed and lucky that i wasn't directly impacted by the floods but we can all still admit that like you know the the, the constant negative news you know having friends and family that have been significantly impacted it's a lot and we're allowed to say then when your period fucking decides to come the next week it takes you down i know that so if you said that we- we didn't get impacted, but we actually on the farm did get impacted, not the house in itself, but we found this week four dead calves, which was really horrific to see. And we still can't drive down our driveway because there are just logs and things everywhere. So yes, we are grateful that we have a house. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I'm not trying to downplay. What no, no, no. Um, it's just that I think what stemmed from this as an extension just to explain is that I went off social media for a few days because what you were saying, it was so much as much positivity, but there was so many attacks and fighting because people were just trying to help, but it got too much. And I thought that I needed to remove myself so I could actually, you know, step back and go, all right, we all need a fucking head break here because I don't think any of this is helping. So 
I don't know, that help, that happened and then the period and, yeah, here I am today just sooking and whinging about it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we've got a sunny day. We're still doing a lot to help with the floods and, yeah, that's about it. Good one, babe. Yeah, babe. Take care of yourself. Now, do you have any mum hacks or Rudolf Fabulouses for us? All right, I've got a Rudolf Fabulous. I haven't even read it yet, so I don't even know if it's going to be funny, but let's just go with it. (laughs) My turdler was playing up, throwing things around the room and being a general devil child, and I started to tell him off. We heard police sirens going off in the background, and he asked, what's that noise? I used it to my full advantage and told him the police were coming to get him because he was being naughty. He instantly stopped and quietly watched out the window for a good five minutes to make sure they weren't coming for him. I don't know if this is too rude, but at least I got five minutes of peace and quiet. <laughs> Do you know I did this with um, um We've all with, been well, there. No, but with Mia I did it and we would drive past because in town you drive past the police station. So if they're playing up in the car, I'd say, all right, I'm dropping you off. And then I realised that I didn't want to associate mm. police being in a negative light. So because, you know, if something happened, you don't want them to be scared of the police. So yeah. I was like, okay, I need to change this. But to this woman, for this moment, you're probably at your end of your tether and I think that is absolutely fabulous. So well I was going to say, we all probably don't want to make our kids scared of the police but gosh we've all when they're refusing to put their seatbelt on or whatever said okay I'm gonna call the police and if you haven't then good on you I also (laughs) used to say the man's coming and then I went oh that's hectic so who's the man I don't know but it just sounded creepy (laughs) (laughs) it is (laughs) all right and I've got a mum hack that was sent in this week my son will only eat poor patrol string cheese because it's he swears (laughs) it tastes better I was tired of paying extra for branded cheese and bought the generic brand, but he said it didn't taste the same and he wouldn't eat it. So yesterday I put Paw Patrol stickers on it and he ate two <laughs> in a row. See, mummy, he said, I told you the Paw Patrol cheese tastes better. <laughs> I've actually heard that before that you take the stickers with you when you're going to the supermarket because they always want to get the merchandised food and so you take stickers with you when you're going and when they're not watching you pop the stickers stickers on the generic brand um, so they'll allow you to put it in the trolley and I just think that is or fantastic. Don't take your kids shopping. Yeah, that's another great one and mm. just get your shopping delivered. But some people don't have that option but anyway. No. This week we have a very special episode. We are chatting to Greta Caldwell, who is actually Jade's beautiful Mm sister-in-law. She was such a pleasure to speak with. I commend her so much for opening up. Um, She became a single mother last year while she was pregnant with her second child. So she had a toddler. She was pregnant with her second child. It was COVID. She decided to end her relationship. It was just a lot. She is one of the strongest people I have ever met. And I thank her so, so much for chatting with us because I do think that single mothers need to get their voice out there more to talk about, you know, their situation and to help other women out there who are maybe in relationships that they no longer want to be in. So 
Yeah, absolutely. And during this conversation, we actually came up with the idea of creating a single mummers group on our Facebook page. So it'll be a private community for anyone that, you know, is going through a tough time. We actually have made Greta the administrator for this. She has taken on this role. If she didn't have enough happening. (laughs) Because she doesn't have enough happening, she's taken on another role, but she's more than happy to do it. And yeah, look, I don't need to say anything more. I absolutely adore my sister-in-law and I'm so proud of her for coming on and opening up because it is a really hard conversation. So I hope that you guys get something out of it, whether or not you're in a situation similar to hers, it's still very important to understand and listen to. So we hope you enjoy. Hello, beautiful Greta. Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today. Now, can you tell our beautiful listeners a little bit about yourself and yeah, what we're going to be chatting about today? Of course. Um, Um, I have two beautiful babies, Kavani, who is two and a half now, and Gia, who is seven weeks old. I live up in Miami. We just got a house in when COVID actually started in 2020, and I grew up in Byron Bay. I'm constantly going back and forth from Byron Bay to back up the Gold Coast, though, and that's been the same ever since, I guess, I've pretty much left high school, um, which is actually really nice, best of both worlds. I love long walks along the beach. No, I'm joking. You actually do. <laughs> yeah, I actually do. But uh, yeah, like pina coladas. I and like Thailand. Nice <laughs> yeah. um, pina coladas and my, yoga. I guess my working background is retail management. I worked at Cook Eye pretty much for most of my life and Tony Bianco. But I'm quite passionate and interested in criminology. I did a university course last year, just a mini course, which I really enjoyed. So hopefully, while you were pregnant, while I was pregnant, yes. Oh, actually, was I? Yeah, I think pregnant and going through a breakup. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's just do that. Let's do that. That'll be good. I know. Why not? Just throw that in there. The Aquarian, I am. But um, (laughs) yeah, so hopefully, maybe do something along those lines. Um, and do something to do with that, I guess, to try and start a career for when my children are at school. And I guess that's about it, really. Thanks so much for coming on, Greta. Um, We know it can be a bit scary speaking about, you know, personal experiences. You've mentioned that you were going through a breakup while you were pregnant. I feel like single mothers maybe aren't spoken about or spoken with enough, like, you know, those that break up once they've had a baby or when their child's a bit older, but I think even less so those that decide to separate while they're pregnant, like that's mm. a huge undertaking, know that you, knowing that you still have the rest of your pregnancy in front of you, your birth in front of you, your newborn stage in front of you on your own. So can you tell us a bit about that? Like how long had you been with your partner? What led to the split and what was that experience like? So me and my partner fiance actually at the time, um, we were together for just a little bit more over 14 years. So quite a long time. I met him when I was 21. Yeah. So it's pretty much like a big chunk of my life and my, you know, older life when you leave school and everything. So yeah, it was crazy that I decided to leave when I was pregnant, but I think I did because I actually was pregnant. I think it gave me the strength and the courage to suddenly realize that 
things that weren't working for me. I realized that certain behaviors and really consistent patterns, um, I noticed that weren't ever going to change from him. So I realized I needed to make us really like a significant change in my life so I wouldn't suffer mentally and so that my children would be happy and see their mother you know happy every day and not just getting through getting through each day and just kind of living day to day and not being 100% myself and happy and and yeah so I really think if I wasn't pregnant I don't think that maybe I would have would have gone through with it I think obviously all the hormones helped (laughs) but it's almost like motherhood gave you this push because you had more of a focus and drive that wasn't just you I mean you could always handle yourself but when it comes to children you're raising you, you really want the best for them so yeah. you were in a position that you had no choice but to deal with what you were facing. Yeah, exactly. And I, I always want to lead by example for my children. And I knew that I wasn't I wasn't being true to myself at the time. And I think maybe especially because I was having a daughter. Obviously, I had Cav, but I think just being like a young woman in life, you need to you know stand up for yourself and be strong. And I never wanted. Yeah, what her- would you want your daughter to yeah, do? Yeah, exactly. Situation? And I yeah. th- think that really, really helped push my decision. How did you feel when you found out you were pregnant? Because I assume that if you broke up while you were pregnant, I assume that when you conceived, you guys weren't like hunky dory a hundred percent. No, like I was. So I had a miscarriage as well um, in December last year. Hang on. What year? No, sorry. COVID. We yeah. don't know what day it is. No, sorry. It's 20, <laughs> it's 22. Sorry. I had, I had a miscarriage, um, not Christmas. It just went the one before. Yeah. So I really wanted, definitely wanted to have another child. And I know my partner did also. We always wanted to have, you know, two or maybe more children. So when I found out, we were, bo- we were both really happy and everything, but I guess it was probably a different happy than to a couple that would be, you know, really strong together and that were really happy in their relationship, but we were both stoked. I don't really know how to put that. Um, so I think I found out I was pregnant maybe at six weeks and I think maybe at 10 weeks we split up. Right. And did you go into conceiving Gia knowing there was a chance that you would be raising the, like, were you kind of realistic going, if I do this, I might be raising two children as a single mother? No, not at all. It was really weird. You genuinely had an epiphany. I did. I did. Like I just had this light bulb moment. Like, um, yeah, no, I had no idea. Like I knew things weren't great, but I always thought in the back of my head, things are going to get better and Mm. having another child might make it even stronger and better. And I think people that always are in those kind of relationships, maybe hope that another child will like a bad day. Yeah. 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 And then just know it was so weird like I can't explain it like I just think I'd re- I'd had enough like definitely I that's why I'm saying the pregnancy helped because I really think I was hormonal I was straight straight headed I was thinking you know just when you're pregnant you're on fire everything's go 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 well it is for me anyway and I love being pregnant but um yeah I, at like 10 weeks or something I realized we just had a situation where I didn't feel like I was kind of allowed to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to. And I felt like, hang on. I'm like, that's, that's not really okay. And just realized I don't want to be dictated to for the rest of my life. And, you know, I, I'm a free spirit and I love doing what I want when I want, you know, and I just didn't feel happy. And I was like, that's it. I was like, I'm doing it. And then it happened so quickly and it was quite intense and actually not a really a nice situation, um, which we were in. And then it just all, I still can't believe. So it's, it's almost been, I think it's been like nine months or something now since we've broken up. So, yeah, 
Yeah, it is still so fresh. It's quite raw yeah. still. And how did you find the strength and the courage to make such a, a decision like this? I mean, I know that you said that, you know, the pregnancy and knowing that you were, well, I guess really at 10 weeks, you didn't know it was going to be a little girl. So it was the other pregnancy that made you go, I can't do this with another child. I need to change something. Yeah. I think I knew all along as well. Like I think I'm I'm quite a strong person and strong minded. So I knew making that decision that I would be okay. And I know so many women out there probably going through the same situation. It's so difficult and everything, but I knew that I'd be okay if I did this on my own. And I knew that I'd, even though it's not great having a family, you know, that's broken, but at the same time, I think it's a lot more important knowing that your own happiness is going to feed off into your children um, instead of just kind of putting on a brave face every day and pretending life's okay. I made an executive decision for my family um, and I just knew that I'd be okay and I just knew in my body it was the right the right thing to do. And for a moment of uncomfortable feeling and emotion, yeah. what that has given you now on the other side is monumental. Yeah, and there's still some really, really hard days, you know, where I get emotional and I feel like I haven't really grieved our whole breakup because I feel like when I was in the breakup, I actually grieved towards the end of it before it had even happened. Mm. Um, I felt like there were so many days where I'd be upset and things like that. And I grieved to myself and not many people knew, but that's why I feel like I'm a lot strong minded now, a lot more strong minded, sorry. And yeah. But I feel like that happens to so many women going through separations is that, you know, you're trying to think of your children, you're trying to think of how you're going to get by financially. Like, uh, you know, I'm not sure if yours had nastiness when you separated, but like, you know, I've got friends who then it got really nasty. So then they're having to be yeah. super careful about everything they say, everything they spend, everything they earn, all these things. And I'm like, it doesn't leave you the opportunity to grieve or sit or reflect because you're literally in this like go, go, go Bubble. thing of this person that you really loved and chose to have children with. And then all of a sudden mm. you're going, oh shit, how can this person manipulate me so I can be left with nothing? Yeah. And that's fucked. It's so horrible. It is like I'm, my situation has been quite bad, but I know not as bad as what some other women would be going through. But yeah, you're right. Exactly. You don't, um, and you loved that person so, so much or still do. Yeah. And I still do so much and that's what really hurts yeah. because it was such a long period of your time and I wish that you know I wish we just kept it was it was still good but but it's not and then you can't exactly there's some days that you kind of really want to agree but you can't you've got to put on you know a brave face or not really a brave face for your children but you need to get up and do life yeah. you know what I mean you can still be upset and explain to them why you're kind of upset even though but the day has the to go on too exactly the day has to go on and financially it can be a struggle and you need to you need support from you know his their end as well as your end um, but at the same time you could be having a personal fight but you still need to try and you you know, make sure financially the kids are covered and yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole lot to it. And each day I'm learning, um, it's a, it's a really hard process and something I'm still, still getting my head around. I feel like I'm quite strong at the moment, but some days, some days are really hard. I'm surprised I'm not crying right now, actually. Mate, mm. some days are so hard when you've got a newborn and a toddler full oh, I know. stop. <laughs> and a poor Gia, she just gets like left in the wind. <laughs> do you know, do you know when I said to like her, she was, I've got another baby. When I said to Greta, um, we spoke about having, 
her on the podcast and I sent over the questions. She wrote back to me and said, oh my God, I actually never sat and realized that I was pregnant with a toddler navigating a breakup during COVID. She's like, once yeah. you say that in a sentence. It's a mouthful. <laughs> that, that's, that's a lot. It's a mouthful, but it's also your reality. So many incredibly hard moments that you have overcome in one whole timeline like I don't know I just me 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 as a sister-in-law and a best friend like looking at someone and I already knew that she was also always a strong human being but the courage that it took her to wake up one day and say I've had enough and continue on that journey is absolutely phenomenal and I mean like anyone in a bad relationship if you can wake up the next day and the day after that and go this has been for the best and today might be hard and I might cry and I might want to go back because it's easier but if you keep pushing forward and you seek help and you find you know different solutions that can help you grow and move through that time in your life then you will come out on the other side Um, I was going to ask you did you seek I already know but did you seek any professional help during this breakup Yes, I did. I saw a psychologist, I think at the time, maybe every two to three weeks. Um, And I know they can be quite expensive, but you can also get a little bit of help if you're like me and you're trying to seek, seek help, but you can't financially do so. And so I saw a psychologist um, every two to three weeks and I still do to this day. I think I see her once a month and honestly, it's the money, my money. Well spent. Well, very well spent. Like I cannot... I, at the start as well, like I don't really like opening up to people that I don't know. I find it really, really difficult. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. No, I'm joking. And now here you are to 30,000 people. Oh, yeah, people. yeah, yeah. Um, but. but, yeah, I really, I love it. I actually love going to therapy. Like yeah. for an hour, I'm like, I get really excited to go. And some days actually when I wake up, I still, I feel it quite daunting. Like I'm like, oh, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about with my therapist today or I kind of don't want to go. I could just call and cancel. Mm. And that's the little devil on my shoulder kind of saying, don't go, you know. Mm. What kind of things do you feel they've helped you with? Oh, the biggest thing, and me and Jade were talking about this the other night on the couch actually, we were talking about quotes and affirmations and things, and I think she has changed the way that I... Who, me? (laughs) (laughs) I just want a trophy, sorry. Um, No, you've definitely helped, but my psychologist has changed the way that I look, I, I rethink certain situations. So instead of me reacting to the way someone has said something or someone has done to make me feel a certain way, I'm like, I can't change what they've yeah. they've done, but I can change the way that I act upon it. Yeah. And I can change the way how I feel about their actions. So it's more of work to do with me as opposed mm. to what other people have done and just making, I guess, just positivity and just making light of just everything and like knowing that I'm not alone, that other Mm. people are going through it. And also it wasn't just a psychologist I seeked help from. I called, apart from my family, I called like a few hotlines and things like that that I got advised to do so. Uh, One for just seeking legal advice. It never went that way, which, which is good. Still a long road ahead of us, but just getting a little bit of guidance into legal advice and also 
just some emotional support yeah. when I really, really needed it at the time. It was really difficult, like the first the first week. I'll never forget it. Yeah. What was that first week like? Oh, uh, it was it was pretty horrible. Like, there like did you have to d- go somewhere? Or did he leave? Oh, and there was a few times, yeah, I had to leave the house and he had to leave and things. But there were some days I remember I'd just break down and, you know, when you're, you're crying so much, you're hyperventilating. Yeah. Like, and Cavani would see me some days and then he broke down and it was just, it was just fucking heartbreaking. How old was Cavani at this time? He wasn't two yet, but I think he was almost two, maybe like one, eight months or something. Does he speak of it now? Like, do you know what his understanding of the situation is? I don't think so. Yeah. I think he's a little bit too – he loves his dad and his dad's so good with him and that's so beautiful yeah. and everything. But I think And I think he knows when I'm upset now, he looks yeah. at me and goes, Mummy, and comes and like rubs my leg and looks into my eyes and stuff. Mm. So I think he knows when I'm upset or going through a hard time. But he doesn't know why and who it is. Yeah, he doesn't understand, yeah, why or who or – yeah. How do you suppress that? Like if you're annoyed – at your ex-partner like how do you like I always think people are so strong when they've got a tarnished relationship with someone but obviously like that is still your kid's dad like how do you suppress that not just like saying bad shit about him to your kids and stuff I think for me I've realized it doesn't get you anywhere yeah you know as much as whatever's going on in your head like oh I'm gonna kill you and like (laughs) oh my god I just want to Hit you across the face. <laughs> just, just FYI, she doesn't want to kill him, and she doesn't. Oh yes, want to kill him. yeah. It's no, okay. this is just yeah, just just talking. But um, maybe, maybe. no, just playing it out in your no, mind, not yeah. really doing it. But, but it doesn't. You know, I've been there, and I've gotten angry, and I've sworn and cursed, and then I've been angry inside and not not expressed it, but let them know that I'm I'm pissed off, and it doesn't really get you anywhere. So I feel like communication is the biggest key. Like once you can tackle that like we're we're doing good now like we're you know he comes over he sees Cavani and Gia and you know um I think just communicating and some days are still are still tough and there's things that you know like really get to me and I'm sure probably get to him as well but I think once you can communicate and be okay I think that helps a lot and we've spoken in previous episodes about the importance of communication. And I mean, even in my own relationship, you know, always trying to do better and get less mad. And at the end of the day, all we're trying to do as people is be heard. So the reason that we're arguing with each other is mm. not, we don't want to hear your point and get it across. We want you to understand what we're going through and say, okay, I can see that, vice versa. But that's hard enough to do in a loving relationship, let alone in one that's, you know, like, I I mean, I know there's still love there. You say you love him as a person, but like, you know, there's elements. Like it's also no longer a relationship. So I'm like, I'm besotted with my husband and I still find communication really hard and sometimes he shits me to tears. So it's just like I just – hats off to anyone who can like continue like positively communicating with one another I think you as well build up well for me I have I've kind of got this hard shell around me but like not in a negative way I've just learned to deal with certain situations in life and everything and I guess that's kind of that's helped me in this situation as Mm. well like yeah 
I know I know what outcomes come from when you fight or when you feel something towards mm. someone. So just trying to, I don't know, just be a bit mindful of what I kind of express out and in front of who, if that makes kind of sense. Yeah. And so what kind so especially when you were pregnant still with Gia, like yeah. what kind of help did you get in looking after Cavani? What kind of help do you get financially? Oh, so with being pregnant with Gia and having Cav, um, so I did get support and help from my ex-partner. Like he would actually come over and hang with Cav a little bit, which would be good because I was so heavily pregnant and I couldn't really move around. Um, a lot that would be great for me even though sometimes it'd be maybe a bit uncomfortable like my hormones would be raging and I didn't really maybe want (laughs) to see him that day or something but at the same time I knew it was beneficial for me so I would let it happen also my mum was such a big help like she'd come and stay the night a lot up the coast with me and just just help with moving around and doing shopping and things because I was quite I was quite big too pregnant like I get I get really big (laughs) Jade's not saying no. <laughs> my dad constantly calls me. He's like, I don't think I've ever, ever, like he's, he's 74, by the way, seen anyone as big as you when they're pregnant. Oh, well, what I'm about? Like, he's, like, like, be- know, he's like big and beautiful, but wow, Greta. I'm like, okay, calm <laughs> Do down. you know, when I first started going out with Harry, he literally said to me one day, we came back from like being in Europe and he goes to me, Oh Jade, you look like you put on a bit of weight, love. Yeah, you look good. And I burst in, I burst into tears, oh, and I said, "Harry, I, think I remember that. I can't believe that he said that." And <laughs> Harry walks upstairs, and he's like, "Dad, you can't go around telling women that they're overweight." He's like, "No, but that's a compliment in my eyes." And they're like, "He's like, Dad, you're just not yeah, getting he, it." He doesn't. Yeah. So Mum was a really big help coming up and staying, and also Jade. So when I'd come down and you know, come down with Cav and I'd be really like Cav would just run next door with the girls and play with his cousins, Mia, Billy and Yumi um, and Jade would really help and I'd just kind of sit back and put my feet up. I reckon it's really like the cousins that helped. I mean, me as a full-time mum with three kids, like I'm already stressed off my tits and I can see that Greta is going through a situation but the, the blessing is that our kids adore each other so they all just run and play and have that break and we kind of have this relationship because my mother-in-law lives next door to us that you know if they're in one side of on the on the farm you know Greta will keep an eye out and if they're in my side then I'll keep an eye out so it's it's a nice way for us to get those tiny breaks in between the hard times and what is the parenting situation like is it divided or do you have the kids 100% of the time and how did you come to that no so I've got the kids 100% of the time wow but I do yeah it's it's a lot but um I still get quite a lot of support from him so I almost wouldn't say 100% like he comes over quite quite a bit but I'm sure like moving forward, like when we, you know, when the kids get a little bit older and everything, like that's not forced the 100%. Like I'm happy for him to have Cav, you know, a few nights a week if he can. Yeah. Um, and Gia as well once she's older, obviously. But at the moment it's, yeah, it's me 100%. And going back to you giving birth to Gia, how did you guys decide who was going to come to the birth and like look after Cavani? How did that 
unfold? So when I start, I guess when I started getting to third, you know, 36 weeks or whatever, I was like, okay, I need to start talking about a bit of a birth plan here. Um, so I mentioned it to my partner, are you going to come to the hospital? Because naturally I thought you'd want to be there for the birth of your daughter. But were you close enough that you would have been comfortable with him in the room? I'd like to say I think I would have, but now thinking about it, I'm glad who I had there. Yeah. So, yeah, I asked him and he just said, no, I'll look after Cavani. And I was quite, I was quite upset actually. It took me yeah. probably maybe over a week to realise like I was like got really kind of angry and then upset and then hurt. And I thought, you know, like, wow, I'm just going to do it all by myself kind of thing, knowing I'd have other support. But yeah. I really thought, you know, like we loved each other so much. I really thought he'd still maybe want to. And then I think I spoke to my mum about it and she was like, try and don't try and get upset about it. Think of it as like maybe because he hasn't had much to do, you know, with the pregnancy and everything and he's not going to be coming home and staying in the house where she'll be. Maybe he doesn't want to mm. form such a big attachment with her and maybe – yeah, he just wanted to be with Cavani and let me go. And he said that he wanted my mum and Jay to witness it as well. So I don't know if that was a little bit of a cover-up kind of thing just because he... Like he knew you had it sorted yeah, in terms yeah, of Yeah, yeah, like support. just kind of saying yeah. that. And he's like, I really want your mum to, you know, witness it and everything and cut the umbilical cord and... You're like, cut the crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, you just don't want to be there. <laughs> no, but I was really happy. Yeah. So then I thought, okay, no, you're right. And I realised I had two beautiful people there for my support. Um, my mum was coming and Jade was coming, which are the most incredible people in my life. So I couldn't be more happy with that. And I, my mindset yeah. changed and I was so happy because it was the longest I was ever going to be away from. I've only ever been away from Cav for one night in my life and we we're really close. So I'm so happy because I was in hospital for four days that my ex-partner got to, you know, be with Cavani and Cavani loves him. So that made me feel at ease being in hospital. So I was okay with it, but it took me a while. And you were in there for four days because you had a cesarean, is that right? Yeah, I had a C-se- another emergency C-section. Were you in there for four days though? No. Three, I was in there for three nights. They but look, really, really two nights because, look, I gave birth at 10.20 <laughs> on a Monday. Yeah, you're like, that does not class That does not no. class as a night. Like I was expecting a five-day holiday. Yeah. And then um, especially with the C-section. And then, yeah, so Monday night had her. Thursday morning they were like, all right, you can go now. And I was like, What? I was like, are you kidding? Did they know that you were like doing it on your own? They just pushed, they just pushed me out. Like, how like, do you do didn't... that recovering from a cesarean? I don't know. Yeah, it was really, um, yeah, they just, I'm, like I know they always try and get you out, but I felt literally like, yeah, pushed out and see you later. They didn't even give me, you know, that card that goes on the end of the bassinet, like with their name. Yeah. They didn't put that on. And they didn't even put her name down. It just, she had an empty name just sitting in her bassinet like for four days and I went home and it had no name on it still. I'm like, okay, I did name her in hospital. <laughs> you could have written Gia Cove like on the card for me. But anyway, yeah, but yeah, hospital, that was wild. And having to, to be in active labour in the waiting room, like with people around watching you. What? Just like going into a full-on contraction. So because she was, <laughs> it was pretty much like just nearing the end of COVID, so they were like reducing their restrictions. However, they still had like there was just announced two people that could be in there as a birth partner. So mm. I was lucky enough to go in. But then they had one anaesthetist on at the time, which took far too long to get there and she ended up needing an emergency C-section. But it was just like 
you know, I do, I, I really feel for the hospitals and the doctors and the nurses because yeah. they are so short-staffed and they're really tired and overworked. But as a woman, as a single mother that is giving birth and needs as much support as she can get, it just wasn't really, it wasn't there for her at all. And it was so hard for her mum, my mother-in-law, to come back in and, you know, make sure that she can visit and drop off things that I would say, no, 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 no one's allowed up there. And she's like, I'm the only person that can be up there. So, look, it's COVID. It's been such a frustrating time. But um, how did you find going home to Cavani? Oh, it was so, it was was so different. Like, so he, they picked me up from hospital and then I... I got home, I guess, and I was like, wow, like this is it, two kids. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. dun yeah. And especially recovering from a cesarean. Yeah, it's insane. I was just like, I took things very, very slow. Like um, every day we just kind of would just stay at home and because I was in quite a bit of pain as well, like far out. I forget how how much cesareans, like this the uh, just the recovery and post, how much it just can change the way that you can do just, you know, everyday things in, in, in life, like just getting up and being able to walk normally and things like that. Like I couldn't physically pick up Cavani at all. And even Gia, like I found it really hard to kind of like nurse her and especially like when I'm feeding and everything, like you'd always have to do the, the football, um, you know, feeding position, which I loved, but you just want to, you just want to cuddle them and you can't, you know, things yeah. like that. And and then my uh, my stitches got infected in my C-section wound and like that really, really stung and I was on painkillers for quite a long time and just a little bit out of it. And then I got really unwell when I left hospital. So the when I got home, it was like, it was really nice to be in my bubble and everything. But at the same time, I had so many other little issues that kind of were, were factors into caring for my children, which... I don't know, It's it kind of takes away like all the happiness and because you're constantly like you're sick or, you know, I'd be straining to do something or it was quite frustrating, that's mm. the word. To, to paint a picture, for example, like there was a many of time that Greta was not allowed to lift Cavani at all. He yeah. weighs a ton. And there's times where your t- child only wants you and won't stop until he has you. And it, like he would just like latch onto her while she's holding Gia and then mm. she'd have to carry him and like the strain on her body, mm. even though she can't, but she has no other choice. choice. Like this is all she can do because she is going to be on her own she can like you know people were helping here and there your mum and and your partner ex-partner were coming in and out but like there is only so much like there are always going to be these moments where you're overwhelmed and you just don't have that person that really should be there there yeah and I remember like just in the middle of the night sometimes if mum wasn't with me and I was by myself and stuff like I remember Gia was like crying and I'd be feeding her, but then Cav, cause I co-sleep with Cav. So we're all in the one room. He would like start, you know, he just kicks me in the middle of the night, pinches me even like screaming for a bot bot. And I'm like, okay, like I'll get you a bottle, but I could hardly, I couldn't even change his nappy hardly because just bending over was, or just turning the slightest little bit was so hard. And then, so I'd have to, 
you know, if you had, I guess, if a partner was there or something, they could yeah. maybe like hold the baby while you go and get the bot bot. But I remember one stage I was like literally feeding her. It was like two o'clock in the morning and I was trying to like make, get the bottle with like one hand and the milk spilt everywhere. And I was like, oh, fuck this, like far yeah. out. <laughs> but you just get through, you know, and then you wake up in the morning and you have a coffee and then you feel happy and then you just do the same thing all over again, you know? Oh, I just can't imagine it being just you, only you, day in, day out. Like I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine. And it would be really fucking hard. Yeah, it's pretty hard. But the one thing I can say is I feel as though Gia is a pretty good newborn, which has been a big blessing. No, no, no. Let me explain what you said three minutes after giving birth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Greta comes, well, she is. Greta comes in like highs a kite off epidural and everything else and she comes in on the bed and I pick up Gia for the first time I literally hold her for 30 seconds and she goes oh she's so cruisy hey (laughs) and I go I go Greta she's like 30 seconds old like you know and she's like yeah give her a minute I was like oh she's so cruisy hey I I had no idea she's like not running away from me or anything But she is cruisy. She is cruisy. She's re- it's really weird. She has like five days on, one day off. That's all right. Like, yeah, you she's- can, um, You can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Like really good. And then one day she's like really needy. And every time you put her down, like the other day I counted, I reckon it was 12 times. I was like, come on, just go down. I put her down. She's like, Wah! And I was like, oh, but I'm like, you know what? You're allowed to do that if you just want my cuddles because you're really good most of the time. I think the biggest thing about Greta is that she has had her strength, perseverance. Yes, Jade, you can say that. And she is patient. And these three qualities that she has has get gotten her to where she is today. Yeah. And no matter how frustrated I sorry, no matter how frustrated <laughs> I can be, fuckers, um, I I I look at her and she sometimes has all my children out there, doesn't raise her voice, just keeps very calm. And I really commend you on that because I think that is why you, you you are who you are. You, you are a tough shell, but you are absolute marshmallow. Definitely. As well. I think your children have helped, you know, prompt me for motherhood. I really think. I bet they have. And she's like, oh, these two I've got, these two I've got are so easy. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, it's beautiful having, like, all five of our kids all be together. And, yeah, Yeah. I think, yeah, just, I guess, being an auntie and a really close auntie to Jade's children has definitely helped me. Yeah. God, motherhood teaches you patience, though, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It stretches it. Like, there's so many times. Yeah, and it shows you how impatient you are as well. Yeah, fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you would always say to me, I don't know how – how you do this every day I with still three don't. kids. And I'm like, you just, and you know, now with two kids, you just do. Single mother with two kids, yeah, you, you just do. You just do. And you have to. You have no choice. Uh-huh. You just got to get up and just, you got to keep going. How did you guys, because you said you haven't like had to go down the legal side of things. So how did yeah. you come to the arrangement of like, you know, like, do you get money from your ex-partner because you have the kids all the time? Yeah, we haven't gone, we didn't go down that road because I think we've just, we started communicating a little bit more positively and we, I think we just came to that for our kids. Like we didn't, we didn't want that. I think we were both just quite scared of the outcome and everything. So I think we thought we had to go down that path, but 
now we realize I think we're okay. We're in an okay place. Um, we don't need to do that. But you never know. Things always yeah. change and that. And I think you need to be open-minded about what changes could come in the future. Um, so it was kind of nice even just to get some, you know, some knowledge about that type of way if you have to go down that path. And then financially, he supports me weekly. So with with money. So instead of doing, um, what's it called, child support, which is nothing, by the way. Yeah. It's like 60 I bucks. can't believe it. Like, are you kidding? That would cover half a box of nappies. Yeah. I just saw it and was like, send a link. Like, seriously. But <laughs> child, child support is so, like, that's just nothing. Like, I can't believe it. So, for me, I think it works better for um, financially for the kids. And I think he's happy to contribute that way because he knows the kids are getting more support that way instead of going legally and that whole that, that whole way. So did you work out how much it would be if you did it the official way, how much you'd get a week? Oh, I just saw, I just, yeah, I kind of saw it on a Centrelink. What um, would it be? Oh, it was, seriously, it wasn't much. It was I know something ridiculous. It was like 40, it was like 40 or $60, like a week or a fortnight. But you've literally I got a newborn. It. How would you work? No, I know. How would you I work? Don't, I don't you understand. Don't. No, and I don't know. And I'm not sure if anyone else gets this, but Centrelink kind of constantly I've only just said, I've just said to them for like the third time, I've had a newborn. I have a two-year-old who goes to daycare. Like I physically can't work. Yeah. And they kind of call you up for the work, the parent program or whatever. And I'm like, I'm a child care subsidy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a good, but I'm a good worker. But they're they're trying to get me to, um, you know, do courses and that. So when you do go back out into the work field, you can find a job. But you're like, that's not the issue. I have a seven week old. Yeah. I'm like, that's not the issue. I can find work and I actually have great work ethic and I love work. It's like they don't, they don't listen or they need to have a, they need to have like a, a branch in Centrelink where they understand newborn mothers and things like oh, that. I think they just need to Far accept out. that no one with a newborn for 12 weeks is going to work or have the capacity in their head to think about work. That's ludicrous. But I've had friends that have literally horrible ex-partners and they get $45 a fortnight. That yeah. is all they get. What? $22 a week. Wow. Just don't bother. Like you get your family assistance and you get your your single parenting payment, but yeah. what your partner or ex-partner provides is so limited that it's not even worth it. It does get means tested, right? Yeah, but they, then there's people that are sneaky and do things on like like with cash and so they don't have to prove that they're yeah. – it's just, it's just nasty. And, you know, these are volatile relationships. So if you've ended it on a bad way, yeah. there's no way in hell you're going to get X amount that you deserve or even the help. It's just coming down to being a good dad or mum that goes, okay, I'm going to pay you this because I think 100%. that's right. It's their good. It's their just how they're thinking. Otherwise, if they didn't do that, well, then you just get the government, well, not even the government, but what they suggest for your ex-partner to pay. And yeah, it's just, it's a joke. Not, it's not okay. Wow. Mm. What is some advice that you can give other women in similar situations right now? I think, I guess, like, like I've said before, I know some days are really, really hard and a struggle, but just know like you're, you're not alone. You know, there's so many other women all over the world and in our country just going through the same thing. And you can, you can get support. There's support out there. There's people that you can call and talk to also to do, I don't know, just to make sure that you do things for yourself. 
like give yourself, you know, um, me time, like make sure, you know, if you want to go and if you've had a hard time in the past few years and then all of a sudden, like if you just feel, I don't know, owe it back to yourself, like if you want to go out for a beautiful dinner or if you'd like to go and buy that dress or if you want to go away, you know, make sure you do those things for yourself um, because I think that's a really good priority. And once you're, you know, you're feeling good and happy inside, that's when, you know, your children can see that, people around you can see that and it just changes your whole mind mindset on everything. So just making sure that you're doing things for you and that you want to, and don't feel greedy and that you shouldn't be because you should. And if you've had a hard time, you bloody deserve it. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be a good idea to create a single parents uh, group in our Facebook page for anyone, you know, you don't even have to be single, but if you want to be in on that, I mean, it's just going to be a group where people can have conversations. You can direct message each other and create a bit of a community for people that really, you know, need some support and they don't know where to start. Yeah, that's a really good idea. And then even if you found someone close to you, you can kind of like join chaos every now and again (laughs) and at least there's another adult there. helping and I know that's a lot of like something that a lot of people have troubles with after separations is they start to feel like they're not invited to the same things that they were invited to before definitely like couples things and so I don't know yeah maybe if we started a group like that it's like you can start your own shit fuck the other people yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's another thing with being a single single mother as well like I haven't really had to um face it at the moment but I feel like you know you will maybe there's probably later on down the track there will be judgments and things like that like there's probably lots of issues that you know I haven't tackled but will have to tackle later on down the track but what I say and what I've learnt and all my wise words <laughs> is you don't need validation from other people Definitely if you not. genuinely know you are doing the right thing for your children 100%. and yourself then that is all that matters and whatever people are going to say they're going to say with or without your help so yeah. focus on you get yourself love out and do the best you can because that is the best you can do. Exactly. And last but definitely not least, what are your thoughts on dating? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I definitely haven't even gone, like, (laughs) thought about that yet. You're probably still bleeding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I actually am. Um, (laughs) Um. yeah, I haven't. I haven't even thought about that yet. Um, but you and your ex partner had a conversation about this recently. Oh, we did actually. It was really funny. But um, yeah, at the moment, uh, yeah. What did we say again? Oh, we were talking. We were sitting on the couch or something. This wasn't long ago, a few weeks ago. And then he was just like, "Oh, hopefully, like when you're with someone, like I can meet them." And it was so weird. And I was like, "Oh, I'm not even thinking about that, like yet, seriously." And then we started talking about Tinder. Um, I don't know how it came up and then, oh, it was really weird. I don't know. He was like, if I went on and I saw you like on Tinder or I don't, then we both just stopped and looked at each other and we're like, how are we even having this conversation? Like talking about Tinder and when we have other partners. So and what, stuff he must and, be on Tinder? Oh, I, I hope not. Like, I don't know. Nah, he wouldn't be. He wouldn't be. And if he is, well, yeah, good on him. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Is there any part of you on hard days that wants to be back with him? Definitely. Yeah, I won't lie about yeah. that. There's been a few times, not often, but there's been a few times where I thought, I just want to hug him again. You know, I miss my almost. Yeah. Like, because I missed him. There there was some times where he was just my biggest rock, you know, and even though we had a hard mm. relationship, 
he was still kind of was my best friend and it's all I kind of knew. And there, yeah, there's definitely days where I just kind of want to hug him and go back to him and everything, but it doesn't, it doesn't get us anywhere. And I, I strongly believe that this is the right decision and everything. And yeah. Do you think that's the hardest part of being a single mother is not having that other adult there? Yeah, definitely. Just not someone to share the load with, you know? Mm, yeah. It's just like, it's a lot being a single mum. Like, it's just, you don't have that choice. Like we said before, like, it's just you. Like, of course you get support during the day and stuff, but there's so many times where it's just me and my two kids and you just have to, Yeah. Push on and- yeah, but I think people think like I think even if your kid goes to daycare or school or whatever five days a week, I think sometimes people think like, oh, well, like there's not that much left to do. <laughs> if your kid doesn't get to daycare till nine in the morning, it feels like a whole freaking day before you have yeah, even dropped does. them off. So if you're doing that day in, day out on your own or even not on your no. own, like you're still doing a massive amount oh. of parenting. Yeah, five, five till nine, you're like, that's it, I'm done. Oh. At 9 a.m., you're like, see you later. Yeah. yeah. I used to think like sending the kids for an extra day, oh, what a difference it will make. And it's a difference once they're there, but I'm like, fucking getting hell, them ready. Getting you guys there. <laughs> sometimes like it's, and and sometimes it's harder to get them ready. Yeah. Like when, when Gia was just born, I remember, because Cav isn't very good with daycare and drop off. So I remember I'd make yeah. him, I let him have a couple of weeks off. And that was quite hard. So I had him, what, for maybe like 21 days straight. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, um, then when I took him to daycare, <laughs> yeah, off the subject, but then I took him to daycare. First day back, I was like, oh, thank God. And we got there and the t- one lady said, oh, no, his teacher's just quit, who he's the only one he was close with, and then his other teacher was quitting like that afternoon. Oh, my God. I was like, what's going on? Like something's got to give, like seriously. So then he just screamed yeah. his eyes out and I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I burst into tears when I walked out of the centre and I was like, just doesn't stop. I know. And it's like if they're at home, you probably just leave them in their pyjamas. I know. You just like throw a bit of toast at them. But, yeah, I mean, it's easier once they're there. But, yeah, sometimes the getting them there, it's like, is this even worth it? I know. I know. It's a marathon. And then it's chaos when you get to the centre if your kid doesn't want to go. and I I will admit that I do yell less when my kids are at school (laughs) and daycare, for sure. (laughs) Oh, I'm still not cancelling their days. Don't you worry. Daycare's great. Well, thank you so much, Greta, for coming on and chatting with us and, yeah, for being so open. I think it's a topic that is so common but people are obviously, you know, a bit scared to speak about it publicly, not wanting to offend others or, you know, put their foot in it. So um, thank you so much for having the bravery to come and speak about it and I think this will help so many women out there who are, you know, facing a similar situation or have already been through through it themselves. That's okay. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on, gals. Love ya. Love and ya. we're going to start that page. We'll let you know on Instagram once it's up and running and it'll be private and you can... It'll be a safe place. Yeah, it sounds nice. Yeah. I'm really... Greta, Greta will go on there Greta's first. going to be administration. She will. We'll actually put you as administrator. <laughs> right, guys, yeah. You're hired. There you go. Just you've, everyone you've DM me on... No, I'm <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.